Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. Today we will start with Real Rant Hours, leading into Real Elon Hours, and then we will talk about Samsung for a little bit. A little bit of a surprise, some quick news from Google, and then wrap up with Real Tech Minutes. As always, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Real Tech Hours to stay up to date with the podcast. Ooh, that's a lot. So first, little quick update. It is Monday. Currently recording this at 11.28 p.m. I'm getting the sucker out on time. I am having it edited and published before midnight. That's right. We're rolling it out on Monday. I don't care what it takes. Whatever it takes. Uh, and second, CES is this week. If you don't know what that is, it's Consumer Electronics Show out in Las Vegas. Big event. This most recently, though, a lot of people, uh, a lot of the show has just been showing off new TVs, new TV tech, 8K, that kind of thing. So we've already seen 8K. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, actually, and then uh, and then some other stuff gets thrown here and there. We've got the um, Samsung, and, and they're talking about some stuff. So here's the plan. I I don't have a lot of CES coverage in this because I'm not sure how I want to do it. So I I might do a hot take. If something comes up and it's really interesting, I want to drop on it. Maybe a second episode on Friday if there's enough stuff to talk about. If I if I see, uh, I go through and look at the list of, of all the things that have been announced at CES and, and everything that's going on, and I say, well, you know, let's do a second episode. Otherwise, it's just going to be on Monday. We'll do full coverage of the whole event on Monday, cover everything that was interesting and, and, and noteworthy coming out of it. Um, yeah, so it's really just going to depend on what I see throughout the, throughout the rest of the week. Um, uh, obviously, as I mentioned, we will talk about a few stories during today's Real Tech Minutes, some things that came up beforehand, some things that, that just happened to, cap, like, happened to catch as I was writing the script. But let's just went to the regular, regular stuff first. So another week, another stupid comment by a Nissan exec. Here comes real rant hours. Uh, so what happened this time? Ivan Espinoza, Nissan's global product strategist, claims that EV charging is a hassle and followed it up with an absolutely outrageous claim. But don't take my word for it. Take his. Here's a direct quote. This is a full paragraph, right? Quote, One of them is the hassle of charging. How easily or how complicated this has big impact on the EV customer experience. It is not just about time. It is simple things such as location or the charger and even the weight of the cable. We have a lot of female leaf drivers and in some cases the technologies that we use are not so friendly for them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Did this dude just really imply that <laughs> Oh my lord. You hear that, ladies? You can't lift a uh, EV charging cable? Uh, so Nissan is going to step in. Oh, oh, hold on. Women? Women everywhere around the world? Give, us, give me just a minute. Uh, yeah, I'm the CEO of Nissan. Let me pick up your charging cable for you. Like, what, what is this, a white knight moment? Like, what, <laughs> what is happening here? Am I in a parallel universe? Where these people are absolutely losing their minds. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, so today was the first day of classes. Quick little side note. And one of my professors actually was talking about um, 
keeps asking class some questions. I didn't go to this one. I, I've watched it live from home because it's a 700 student class, and the room holds like 100 and some one people. I'll be going to it every week after this though because a bunch of people are going to drop off because they're just watching from home. Um, but anyways, he's talking. He's asking the class a bunch of questions, and one of the questions he asks is, is how do you differentiate yourself? If you're sitting in an interview, how do you differentiate yourself from the other people? And one of the things he was talking about was he's like, you need to think about this. Think about it. 20 years ago or, or so, you know, you remember back when Blockbuster was huge? Back when uh, Netflix came out, what did Blockbuster say? They're like, oh, it'll never work, it'll never happen. And now there's one Blockbuster store and it's a museum, right? Like, uh, is this the same thing that's happening? Are they like, oh, Tesla, EVs, Rivian, uh, who's the other one? Neo, I think, or, or Neo or NIO, I think is, is the Chinese one. And then there's somebody else I talked about recently, the Lucid. There it is, Lucid Air. Um, are, are we really about to phase out entire car manufacturers because they're so short-sighted and incapable of of responding to customer... Uh, uh, what do I even label this as? Absolute stupidity? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I'm... I'm I'm stupid lost. I, sw I swear. I swear I'm so lost. I, I, I have no clue as to what these guys are thinking. So if you're on the board of one of these companies, and I 100% I, I doubt anybody with any leverage is listening to this, but please, Lord, do something. I don't know. Slap some people around and wake them up because <laughs> this is not going to be good. Y'all are about to be Blockbuster. Y'all are about to be Blockbuster. It's... Oh. You're gonna dealerships are gonna become museums for the cars they used to sell. That's you're gonna get wiped off the map if you keep it up with this. Um, and the interview basically goes on to talk about how hybrids are the future, and then EVs and and hybrid hybrid vehicles that don't even need to charge; they just recharge as the vehicle's running. That's just like extra gas. That's just taking up extra gas. Like what a waste! I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand why they think hybrid is the future. Are they what trying to preserve? They have massive buy-ins on like oil stocks. They some of the biggest investors in that uh, Aramco or or, or the, the Saudi oil company that just went public at like two billion dollars, and now they're down to like what or two trillion, and they're down to like like just over one trillion or, or something like that. Um, or um, I think it's a Aramco stock, right? Because they exploded and now their total cap is oh wait a minute am i just stupid i thought i don't know which whichever uh whichever two billion valuations what's the what's the the oil stock two trillion yeah there's one that went two trillion right yeah, Saudi Aramco, first $2 trillion stock, and now it's like nothing, right? I literally just looked, yeah, Saudi Aramco, am I just... Okay, yeah, because it just showed it's like 200... Are you kidding me? Is it already back down to Saudi Aramco stock? Is it already up to... Holy cow, their market cap. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is that $119 billion? They IP'd. Their IPO was, f was $2 trillion. Let's look a year to date. There's just no way, right? Oh my lord. It isn't even that big of a dip. They just buy back a bunch of stocks or something? They just did it. 
That's so weird. Huh. I'm so confused. That's so weird. I don't know. Maybe I'll look into this one. I'll have to look this up afterwards because I can't spend too much time on it. We have to get there by one. Uh, we have to get there before midnight. Let's keep moving. So, Nissan Stupid. We'll talk about... Uh, I'm sure somebody else will say something before next podcast. I seem to have one one stupid person come out and say something before every single podcast. I'm really loving it because I'm, I'm sure you guys... I don't know. I'm not getting feedback, but I'm sure. I'm sure if you're listening to this, I'm sure you love the real rant hours because they're absolutely fantastic. Just time to rail on somebody um, for being absolutely stupid. Nonetheless, with that out of the way, let's jump into real Elon hours. Keep it on the same track. First up is a follow-up on Gigafactory 3, where the Tesla Model Y is now available for pre-order. The only noticeable dif- notable difference is that the expected starting prices are much higher, jumping by almost nine thousand dollars on the base model. It's up to like forty-eight thousand. The expected production date is somewhere in 2021. This is also the expected time frame for Gigafactory 4, which is currently being constructed in Germany. That's in, like, Phase 1. I think the Phase 1 construction just got completed, and they're, like, getting a bunch of approvals done and stuff like that. Um, I think they're, like, the environmental um, agency in Germany, or, or however that works. I don't know if they go through the EU or whatever, but the environmental protection agency that, that looks over that, their EPA... I don't know what they'd call it, is uh, just approve them. So they just got approval from them. So it sounds like it's pretty much a green light uh, across all the boards. And, um, yeah, that's being built in Germany. It's near, like, a Volkswagen plant or something. They're going to take advantage of the existing supply chains there. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I think I covered it in one. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look back. Anyways, uh, Gigafactory 3 is already producing Model 3s and will need to further its abilities to produce Model Ys, even though they're very similar cars, you know, it's a different production line, it's it's a different, uh, slightly different parts, it's like 80 or 90% of the parts from the Model 3 go into the Model Y, it's just a bigger body, pretty much. Um, but Gigafactory 4 is not slated to start producing vehicles until July 2021, and at that point, it's slated to produce Model 3s and Model Ys. So that'll be really kind of interesting to see, um, how that plays out over this year obviously it's it's we're we're still a year and a half out on that guy uh or on that prediction facility but but um it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how that progresses and, and as long as that stays on track tesla sales in the netherlands are surging with over eleven thousand model 3 deliveries made last month this is nearly five times the amount of second place uh that's second place ev i should say this is in terms of evs um the Audi e-tron, which came in at 2,690. Wow, I mean, absolutely crushing it. Tesla is blasting in those countries there in, in Europe, in the in the northern areas. It's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's basically like California, apparently. Apparently, in like you go to Palo Alto or something somewhere over there in California, and you're just gonna see Teslas all over the place, which would absolutely be fantastic. I'd love to see. Teslas every day. I mean, I see about one Tesla every day um, out in the road or parked somewhere or something like that. Finally, and oh, so finally for real Elon hours, an Austrian engineering firm, oh, this one's this one's something, made some interesting design decisions when reworking a Model 3. They claimed to be able to turn the vehicle into one with twice the range at half the cost. How did they do it? By cutting the size of the battery pack, using older and lighter battery cells, and filling the front truck with the two-cylinder engine. 
<laughs> oh man, these guys are joining in a freaking Nissan, and we talked about Honda, I think it was recently, and and all those guys. Oh my lord, man. Oh my goodness, I I I scratch my head so often when I'm writing these when I'm when I sit down for writing these scripts, and I'm going through the articles that I've saved over the week, or or and I and I go through on the day that I'm writing them, or or the couple of days before that I'm like the day before that I'm writing them, I scroll through and I I look on Google News, right, and we're on the Technologies tab, and 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 I come across some, and I just scratch my head, I'm like. What in the world? I absolutely have to read it because the headlines make absolutely no sense, and this is one of them. Why would you take a Tesla and turn it into a hybrid? That's a downgrade. That's not an upgrade. That's a full-on downgrade. You're not doubling the range. You are effectively not even making it a Tesla. You're, this is... Oh, oh my lord. It'll be cheaper if we do this. That's not the point. The whole point of a Tesla is it for is for it to be electric, fully electric, no hybrid, no gas, minimal, out, minimal uh, environmental impact. People are gonna say, but well, coal energy, coal energy. Man, think long term. Think long term. If every vehicle on the road was a Tesla, and then if and then eventually when energy production gets converted to renewables, which is happening at a rapid rate, especially here in the United States through solar, through wind, through hydro, through geothermal. Geothermal is becoming really big, especially up in Canada. You know, there's like, I mean, it's going to go away. The gas, however, we stick with hybrid cars and all those kind of things. It, it, that's, that's, that's much more long-term. It's going to continue to do damage when we can, when we can decrease the damage now and decrease our damage potential in the future. If we can if we can decrease our damage potential in the future, then we can begin to move forward. If you don't decrease your damage potential in the future by by a significant margin, like the difference between switching to fully electric versus a hybrid vehicle is is like light years, light years in terms of the environmental changes that's happening, right? Uh, everybody's complaining. Oh, environmental change. We need to, we need to do this for the environment. We need to eat less meat. We need to we need to uh, drive less. We need to uh, 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 freak. I don't know what else do people do. Recycle more. I mean, those are marginal impacts. You have to go. You have to go big picture. You have to. It's not just going out and purchasing a bag of kale every month. And saying you ate green, and so now you're you're living a healthy lifestyle, and the kale was in a cardboard box made of biodegradable material or whatever. I don't I don't know what the frick. Whatever whatever these people are out here buying, you gotta look long term. You gotta go. You gotta go big picture. You gotta go fast and hard, right? You gotta you gotta convert. You gotta you gotta take the biggest abusers in in the system, the biggest damage producers. You gotta remove them from the equation. And vehicles is one of them. Vehicles is one of them. Guarantee it. Absolutely. Converting power grids is another one. That's a that's an easy one that a lot that is a lot of uh, resources are being poured into right now. You know, with the Tesla example, we've got the we got the solar roof, we got the power wall, we got the uh, they got the battery packs for the ultra efficient power grids. You got. Uh, that Google side company that's doing the geothermal tech. I don't remember what they're called off the top of my head. Doing a little research about them a little while back. Um, you just got a lot going on. 
you got a lot going on, and a lot of people are out here trying to make a lot of a lot of changes. And yeah, I mean, go big picture or go home. Like, there's just it's that's the way it is. That's the truth. That's how it is. You gotta you can't no small little incremental changes make this minimal impact. They're nearly like nil, like basically zero. You're making a a very large number. They're basically it's no impact at all doing these smaller things. You got to make big changes, big changes. Anyways, moving on. Next up is Samsung. That's right. They're getting some time in the spotlight this week. It's pretty crazy. Um, so first up is the next Galaxy launch event date has been announced. February 11th will be the date of the next launch event for the company. This will obviously be the time when they will show off the new Galaxy devices, with three expected to be in the lineup, all with 5G capabilities this year instead of having a 5G standalone device. Some are also speculating we could see the successor to the Galaxy Fold. The event image in uh, the word Galaxy has two A's in it, obviously, the first one right after the G and the second one right after the L, and both of the A's are in the shapes of boxes which could point to the launch of two different product lines, with one being the traditional Galaxy device and the other being the folding tech. Now, let me explain a little more. So we got we got one box that's kind of more rectangular. It's a little, little taller. It's it's face it's a it's vertical, straight up with the with the long parts, with the long uh, sides of the rectangle going upward, kind of matching the L in Galaxy. And then we got another box much more square to the right of the L, in between the L and the X. And, uh, like I said, it's much more square. You know, it's it's it's, it's uh, uh, on its side kind of shaped like a diamond. And um, when I see this, I immediately think the first one is the phone and the second one is a fold because the original fold box had fold written across it in an interesting pattern. I think it was diagonal, if I remember correctly. Galaxy fold box. If you look at the images, oh, it had the fold, the letters all over the place. And they looked very interesting. And the Galaxy picture was wrapping on itself. So it was G-A-L. And then the A wrapped towards the bottom like it was folding in half. And then it was X and Y. And uh, that was the the outer, that was the um, inner box, obviously, then the Galaxy Fold. And then they had the F-O-L-D, all, all random. That was the outer box. Um, the big case of reviewers package. Um, anyways, it does, it, it reminds me very much, it, it, for some reason when I see it, I just instantly think fold. I just instantly think fold. I, I, there's no other way to explain it. If you want to look it up, just look up uh, Galaxy, or, uh, Samsung Galaxy February 11th. It'll come up. Pictures everywhere, pretty much. And other news... Samsung also announced that they sold 6.7 million 5G devices in 2019 between the Galaxy S10 5G and the Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. This beat out the expectation of weak sales as low as 4 million for the year among the devices due to the low availability of 5G connections. So, what does this mean? I mean, they're out here selling a lot of fold devices. Motorola is out here outselling the Razer before they even pushed it out. They're they're beating their uh, expectations. The the 5G is, is, these 5G devices are outselling their expectations by, by a wide margin, by almost, by over double, because they were expecting 4 million, and they sold 6.7 million. That's well over a, 
a 50% uh, increase there. Well over it. It's 2.7 million compared to 4. Like, holy cow, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like I said in a previous podcast, 2020 is going to be the year of 5G. Back when we talked about the Snapdragon, the new uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon chips, it's going to be the year of 5G. All of Samsung's phones next year, or uh, not next year, but this this coming event, so next year of phones for Samsung. You know, is, okay, like that's the way I would, it was the way I was going with that. Their next Galaxy lineup is all going to be 5G devices. It's coming. It's happening. And it's, 5G's going to be pretty widespread. 5G is already a little bit widespread, actually, with T-Mobile dropping that big old... Uh, coverage across the thing. It's not obviously the 5G, 5G, where it's like one gigabyte download, and that's kind of crazy numbers. It's like low band. It's not the millimeter wave. I think it's low band or mid band. I can't remember for sure. Either way, it's like it's like a pretty big bump. Actually, it's like from 20 to 60 uh, mega, or megabits per second in download. So it's 40, 40 jump. It's not too bad. It's well, triple on some of the tests that I've seen. MKBHD did a kind of Pretty good video on that. Anyways, final one for Samsung. They also dropped some more information on a new Galaxy Book device. The Galaxy Book Flex Alpha is a new 2-in-1 with some interesting specs. It'll have a 10th gen Intel processor. Which one? Not sure yet. It'll have Intel uh, UHD graphics, 8 or 12 gigs of RAM, depending on how much you spend. It's 256 gigabyte, 512 gigabyte, or 1 terabyte SSD. Wi-Fi 6 compatible, and it'll have a 13.3 inch 600 nit Q LED display. Ooh, we're getting a Q LED display. Very nice, very nice. I, very nice. I, li I like QLEDs. I like QLEDs. I like I like all the I like all the OLED, AMOLED. I like all the LEDs. At the big old the the LED top tier ones. Very nice. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of interesting, you know. CES. Sure, they should have off a little more. That's this week happening right now. Probably not right now. It's freaking, what time is it over there? They're th two, three hours, Miami? I think they're two. Uh, so, nine-ish. About almost ten. The device will be available during the first half of 2020 and will start at 829.99. So, what do I think? The first question that instantly popped into my mind, and I'm going to be honest, are they trying to be Microsoft? And if they are, could they pull it off? Because they've got... You know they got the cellular devices, and and now they're moving into the, the, the they've got the tablets on lock, and they they're moving into the uh, uh, what do you call it? It's the laptop space. Ooh, are they trying to be Microsoft? Uh, and then the other question was, are they expanding due to fears of shrinking smartphone markets? So this could be like super long term vision for them. Like they could be like they could be like holy cow, you know the, the smartphone market is going to shrink and that's gonna be a huge cut on us down the road, despite our monstrous growth in India and our potentially monstrous growth in Africa and and, and um when they start to come online because obviously India's big right now, India's popping. But it's not gonna last forever. It's not gonna last forever. And um It'll just be kind of interesting to see where they go from here, because I'm, I'm a little more curious now, and I'm, I might keep a closer eye on Samsung, because they might try to be the next Microsoft. They don't have an operating system like Microsoft does. So they can't go, so they're not fully, so they can't go full vertical yet. But, but they could get there. They have Samsung One UI, a skin over, a skin over Android. And I mean, it's pretty comprehensive now at this point. One UI covers all the devices, so it'll just be kind of interesting. And uh, finally, Samsung has showcased a bezel-less 
8K TV. The device has a 99% screen-to-body ratio with the bezel measuring 2.3 millimeters on the edge, which makes it barely noticeable. I've seen pictures. It is, like, not even noticeable unless you get really close. Uh, the TV is also only 15 millimeters thin, super thin, and uses some fairly decent speakers despite its uh, despite its size only being 15 millimeters. Uh, with Samsung claiming that these speakers resemble a 5.1 surround sound, it can also be positioned in landscape or portrait mode. Kind of cool. Um, not really consumer tech at this point. What are you going to watch in 8K that's not upscaled? Native 8K is not really out there yet, so just just chill on it. Don't worry about it. It'll get to you soon. Anyways, next let's talk about Google real quick. First up is that they have dabbled or disabled. Sorry, man, I wish I could spell. Disabled Xiaomi's Nest integration after their smart home cameras were caught acting buggy. A user of their devices reported that when they switched to a view of their camera on a Nest Hub, they were able to see images from other homes. Ooh. While they couldn't access the live feed, still images is enough to make anyone suspicious. This comes during a time when Chinese tech companies are under heavy scrutiny for having work for or for being for working with their home governments. So, so for a lot of you who don't know the situation, I mean, it's a little crazy to not know the situation at this point. But basically, if you're a company in China, 99% of the time, you're partially owned by the Chinese government because of the way that the Communist Party set up over there. They have their hand in everything. Part of your business has to be government-owned. It's literally a requirement. And that's why Huawei's getting a lot of or a lot of scrutiny. That's why, um, you know, the trade war with the ban on Huawei and, and no longer being able to buy their routers and then the 5G was going to slow down and all this kind of stuff and big, big old debates around this. Xiaomi is, is, another, is another one. OnePlus is another one. You know, they've got a lot, a lot of brands over there that make devices, and they make these uh, consumer and and and, and mid-range devices. Realme's over there, and and I, you know I can name them for for days on end. But you know, at the end of the day, Chinese government has their hands in these. So, I mean, this little this is getting a little interesting. All right, Xiaomi out here, they they they. I read the article recently again um, when I was going through the thing. It said that they, Xiaomi had reached back. It said there was a caching issue, and they're working with Google. Google had already claimed that they were working with Xiaomi, and, and they're working to fix this. But it's, it's oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's a little concerning. They were still images, of course, so not a live feed, but, I mean, that doesn't make it any better. That doesn't make it any better. Having still images in a cached, in a cached somewhere, I don't know where the cache would be, on one of the devices. Frick cloud maybe uh, and it would have to be cloud if they were accessing it through the hub but anyways uh, certainly concerning uh, yeah definitely concerning especially around privacy claims this is the one like privacy thing that I get I don't I when I move out or yeah when I own my own place and or, or I rent or whatever I'm gonna plan on doing I'm only gonna have one camera inside my home and it's gonna be facing towards the front door because, uh, yeah, it's just, that's it. And it won't be two-way, it'll be one-way. Uh, there'll be probably, actually, no, probably no audio. It'll probably just have the microphone on it so I can sort of record what's around it and, and I'd be able to hear sounds. Um, yeah, no, it won't be rotatable either. It'll be fixed, looking clean at the door, nothing else. Anyways, 
the second topic for Google is that the rumored Pixel 4a will only come in one size this year with no XL variant. Reports claim that the screen will either be 5.7 inches or 5.8 inches, and the hole punch seems to be the move. So this is kind of interesting. I um, I could definitely see this as being a thing. Kind of surprising that they're going to do it for the second product of the lineup. But when we looked at the sales numbers, the regular sized phone versus the XO variant was winning out. And that's not a surprise at all, to be quite honest. If you think about it, it's a $400 device. The XL variant is $80 more. And all you really get is a screen bump. And a lot of people who are purchasing devices don't really care about the screen size at that point. They're looking for a good device within their budget. $400 is a nice clean budget and yeah no I mean I'm, that's all there is to it it's a great device it, it's same camera as the, as the top tier of, as the Pixel 3 and the 3XL and it's got the same software behind it which is the biggest feature and then I mean it's just got a slower processor and, and, and uh, I think it had less storage and a smaller battery but other than that I mean you're not making very many trade-offs, so a lot of people are going to be purchasing this device. It was one of the big, popular Pixel devices last year in terms of sales. And I really see this is where they're moving, and, and they're going to start making some pretty serious moves. And this is a pretty serious move. They want to you know, simplify their, their product lineup, sell as many devices as possible, get it out there. Let's see the Pixel 4a. I'm kind of excited for it. The more closer we get, the more I'm ready to see it. So Google I.O., please hurry up and get here. Um, now let's jump into Real Tech Minutes to wrap up today's podcast. This will be our biggest one yet. It will probably get bigger next week. As I was mentioning earlier, you know, with CES, uh, assuming no extra episodes or hot takes. First up, John Schnatter, founder of Papa John's, that's right, Papa's in the house, has decided for his New Year's resolution that he will beat his current record of 40 pizzas in 30 days. The new goal for this year pizza goals is 50 pizzas in 30 days chant it with me now 50 pizzas 30 days 50 pizzas 30 days this dude is crazy if you have not been following what's happening with him if you don't know the day of reckoning is coming just type that into youtube uh, papa john's day of reckoning that's all you need to know i mean lord it is so funny it's so funny i i he's gonna be on the h3 podcast i Apps. I don't watch the H3 podcast anymore. If you guys know H3, H3, they're YouTubers. They do uh, a lot of just commentary um, videos, I guess. They talk about other people's um, uh, videos, and then, then they have their own podcast where they talk about a lot of topics. Um, basically, they used to be really good, and then they, they got super political, and, and he started spouting off a bunch of ideals that, and, and, and information that was like really half-baked. And I just couldn't take anymore. Couldn't watch anymore. Um, a lot of the stuff that he was that he was talking about, Ethan specifically, on the the thing, and then his their main intern. I don't even remember the name. Lead producer, or whatever you want to call him, was was a monstrous suck up. But I couldn't just take anymore. So I had to I had to stop watching that junk. But I'm going to watch for this one episode because he's going to be on it. That's the H3 podcast. A streaming on YouTube, I believe. Moved away from Twitch after after being um, kicked off one time for copyright issues, um, but it was like a glitch or something in the system. And they got manually taken down while they were doing their live stream. They weren't even having like copyright material up or anything. It, it was weird. I don't remember exactly what was happening. Anyways, 
let's move on. It is Real Tech Minutes. It's not Real Tech Hours right now. So more details about OnePlus's concept phone are set to debut at CES. Are more details about OnePlus's concept phone set to debut at, D at CES have come out. Lord, I wish I could read. The device will reportedly be showing off their electrochromatic glass concept. This will allow you to change the tint of the glass, covering the camera module on the back so when you are not using the cameras, they disappear. Kind of interesting. Practical application just looks better, I guess. One slab of glass on the back? I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Anyways, moving on. Area, I think that's how you say it, a relatively new company is working on a wireless charging pad that will not require the user to line up their phone to charge. Area has created the internal components that will allow such, such technology to work. It's like a honeycomb pattern on some special charging pad. Anyways, they just need the companies to license it to because they're not actually going to make charging pads at all, and they're just going to make the internals. A company called Nomad, which makes accessories for phones from cases to charging bases, has already announced the Base Station Pro, which will use Aria's tech, and it looks kind of interesting. Very similar to Apple's AirPower, if you followed that way back when, Apple claimed to be releasing a device with multiple coils that will overlay each other so that when the phone is laying on top of them, one of the coils will activate and it will charge the device no matter where it's laying, and it can charge a couple devices. It was very long, and, and it was kind of about the, about the, the length of, of three phones could fit on it side, side to side. Um, but nonetheless, very interesting tech. Apex Legends players are calling for the return of King's Canyon with the turn of Season 4. While I did enjoy having a different map this season, I have to say I agree with the idea of bringing back King's Canyon. The new map is enjoyable, there are some nice areas to drop, and the train added an interesting dynamic which I never used for long-range transport but made it interesting for short periods of movement and fighting. Nonetheless, I found myself recently thinking about King's Canyon a lot, the map layout and location placements made any drop on King's Canyon just as fun as the rest. I mainly miss being able to drop at the very edge of the map and working my way in, such as landing at the, the swamps just next to Repulsor. Um, and then, you know, my time playing Apex has really fallen off since Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out. But I could see myself adding Apex back into the rotation if King's Canyon could return. Frozen 2 has taken the crown of the highest grossing animated film worldwide. It has entered Disney's $1 billion club, the sixth film of 2019, to do so with an estimated $1.325 billion. Second place is also held by Frozen, the original first one, at $1.281 billion, with Incredibles 2 sitting in third now with $1.243 billion. Uh, HP has updated its Elite Dragonfly laptop with 5G capabilities and integrated tile tracking. That is the tile that makes the accessories for your keychain, so you can, if you lose your keys, misplace them, somebody steals them, you can track them down. They claim that this is the first lap to do so and could come in handy for people who are on the go and do lots of work in public spaces. So not only is it like a sort of theft prevention, it can also help with people who might misplace your laptop. You know, you're chilling in the little coffee area and you leave your laptop. I don't know how, but you do an accident or you leave your bag and, and whatever. You gotta search for it. No clue where you left it. Activate the tile daily. Boom, you see it's back at Starbucks or, or whatever. Joe Schmo coffee or something up the road. You go pick it up and that's a wrap. Boom, boom, done. Julia has introduced an automated cooking system that does everything for you, including cleaning itself. The device looks like a basic kitchen mixer, but can do everything from mixing and chopping to cooking and steaming. The device is controlled by a tailor-made tablet that will display recipe instructions made specifically for the device. A lot of stuff like this is going to come out of CES. This is one of them, uh, one of the many, I should say. And yeah, so get buckled up.
It's going to be a wild ride. CES is always a wild ride. Finally, Jabra is releasing two new products at CES 2020. The Elite Active 75Ts will be the follow-up to the latest model, the Elite 75T. The active lineup is generally considered to be more for athletics with improved water resistance and more color options. They are also launching a new pair of headphones titled the Elite 45H. The $99 headphones will have a 40-hour battery with 8 hours charge in just 15 minutes. They also fold for easy transport, have dual mics for voice calls, support Bluetooth 5.0, and have a tap for assistant feature. Java will also be releasing personalized sound profiles that will tune the headphones to personalize the listening experience. Interesting stuff. Willing to, ready to see more about it uh, whenever that comes out. And with that, we'll finish up today's Real Tech Hours right a little bit late. It's 12.04 a.m. It is what it is. Before 12.10, I don't care. It's still Monday, technically, in my mind, because I'm going to sleep immediately after this. Today, we started with Real Rant Hours, leading into Real on Hours. Then we talked about Samsung for a bit, some quick news from Google, and wrapped up with a big Real Tech Minutes segment. As always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on Anchor.fm, Breaker, CastBox, Radio Public, Overcast, and tune in. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Real Tech Hours to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. If you have a question, a comment, a topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to Real Tech Hours Podcast at gmail.com. That is Real Tech Hours Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me during these Real Tech Hours, and I will catch you all next time. Peace.